Take your Bibles with me, please, to the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 5. By the grace of God, we'll finish uh, this verse-by-verse study of this great letter from God this morning. 1 John chapter 5, we just have a few verses left here, and we're starting at verse number 18 together. 1 John 5, 18, the Bible says, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. If you'd look at the text with me again, he you could even underline it and you can see what I'm going to preach this morning. Verse 18, he says, we know. You see that? And then in verse number 19, he says, and we know. You see that there? And then verse number 20, he says, and we know. Aren't you glad that things you don't have to guess about? And without God, there is no real knowledge. There's just opinion. And opinions are like noses. Everybody's got one. But that when it comes to God, God has the truth. And if we'll hear what he says, we can know some things that are unchangeable truths. And so there are three things this morning as I look at these four verses, and it's all connected with these things that we know. We as God's people know assuredly because God said it, and if God said it, it's true. And I can trust it no matter what else is going on or what else I do not understand. The first thing he says in verse number 18 We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. The first thing that we know is that sin is not connected with the new birth. Now, if you've just joined us in our study of 1 John, you may see this first phrase of verse 18 and have no comprehension of what he's saying. What is he meaning we know that whosoever is born of God sin not. You say, well, preacher, I'm born of God. I've been born again, but I still have sin in my life. That's not what he's saying. You have to start from the chapter 1 and get all the way to chapter 5 to understand this discussion. The discussion is that we know that sin cannot be connected with the new birth. In this regard, if you would look at chapter 3, I'm not going to re-preach that message. But in John, 1 John chapter 3, he says in verse number 9, when he explained this and we went into detail concerning these things, 1 John 3, 9, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. So there's a part of the believer that is born of God that cannot sin. The Bible said in verse 5 of the same chapter, 1 John chapter 3, and we ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. If you're in Jesus Christ, if Jesus Christ is in you, the part of you, if you're saved, that is born again, never sins. It is sinless. 
You know, no sin enters into God's heaven. Not one, not one little white lie enters into God's heaven. Well, how can we all go? Because if we're born of God, the part of us that's saved on the inside sinneth not. Whosoever is born of God sinneth not. The part on the inside doesn't sin. That's, that's the great conundrum of the Apostle Paul when he went through chapter 7. And he says, the things that I would not, that I do. And the things that I, I would, that do I not. But he said, when I sin, he said, it is no more I that do it. I'm not doing these things. It's sin that dwells in my members. And so what we have to understand, and I don't want to re-preach this message, but sometimes people just get it on the tail end of things and they don't understand. The new birth, we know the new birth, sin is not connected in any way with that. I, before God, I am sinless because the part of me that's saved is the part of me, me that's inside. That's the part that's born of God. And when he sees that part, this new man on the inside, never sins. This out here is not born of God. I've said it before and people just look at me funny sometimes. Your body is not saved. It's waiting on salvation. It's not saved. And that's why we get in the predicaments that we get in. And that's why we get in the sins that we get in. Because this part of us that is not born of God is still moving and walking around though God says it's dead. And many times we let it have its way. But when he says, whosoever is born of, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. He's not talking about the fact that there's a, a, a level we attain as, as saved people that we've attained sinless perfection. All you have to do, if you've started in the first chapter, you know that's not the case. He talks about the fact that if we say we have no sin, you know, we're a liar. He's given provision for us if we confess our sins. Well, if we confess, that means we can commit them if we're so supposed to confess them. So certainly saved people can sin, but it's not a part of us that's, the part of us that's born of God is not the part that's sinning. It's this old man that you're letting control your life that's doing the sin. If you're saved, you're, you're not just one person, you're more than one person. Amen. There's an old man on the outside and there's a new man that's on the inside. And I'm glad that the Bible says, look at our verse again in chapter 5. He says in verse number 18, he tells us, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. I'm glad there's a part of me that is sinless and perfect and it's going to enter into heaven. It's that part that's born of him. It's the new man on the inside. Look at verse 18 again. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he... Now some people say, well, that means you don't continue in sin. I've never met anybody that doesn't continue in sin. That's our problem. Have you ever stopped? (laughs) Would to God you would stop. But the truth of the matter is the same. Now you say, well, I I used to drink and don't drink. Well, hallelujah to that. But I wish you could say I used to be proud, but I'm never proud anymore. (laughs) You can't say that. You have a continual problem with sin. We all do. But it's this on the outside, you see. The part on the inside, God looks on and He says, I don't see any sin there. Because there's a different man on the inside I'm connected with. He says, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Look at your Bible, verse 18. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Now, he that is begotten of God. Now, you can look at that in two different ways. 
If you look over at chapter 4, verse 9, he mentions that which is begotten of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Now, he's giving us an understanding about what he's saying in verse 18. Whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. You see, what's begotten of God? You know who the only begotten? Was the only begotten was the Lord Jesus Christ. He's called that all the way through. The, he's the only begotten Son. You say, well, what's that got to do with you? He is in here. The only begotten is in here. The begotten of God. You see, it's Christ in me. That's the part. That's the new man on the inside. You know what our verse says? It says that we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. He that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one toucheth him not. Jesus that lives down inside of me keeps me, and the wicked one can't get down in there. I'm kept, watch it now. No, I said, well, this is talking about us keeping ourselves from sin. We'll get to that in just a second, but we've got to get to the first thing is first. You know, there are a lot of things in your life you don't have any ability to keep. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, we're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. It's God Almighty. It's the man down inside that keeps me, you see. He keeps my soul. He keeps my salvation. I can't lose my salvation because I don't keep it. You can't lose something you don't keep. The one in the inside keeps me. Paul says, I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He said in Psalm 121, The Lord is thy keeper. Aren't you glad this morning that the one on the inside keeps us away from the wicked one? Now the wicked one can attack us on the outside, but the wicked one can't get down into that place that's born of God because he that is begotten of God keepeth himself. The wicked one can't touch what's down on the inside. Second Thessalonians 3 3 says, The Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. He said in the that look, book of Jude, with all that's going on in the last days, he says to us that God is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And he says, we know that. We know that we're kept on the inside. And the wicked one toucheth us not. You know, I, I thought about that. And, and I started looking up every time in the Bible where, where somebody was touched or the word is used. That was fascinating. Our text says, the, that wicked one toucheth him not. The wicked one, Satan, the vile, he can't touch that part of me that's born of God. He can't touch that. Do you remember the story of Job? And Satan, that wicked one, comes before God. 
And he accuses Job because this, that's, all, that's what he does good. He, he's good at that. And the Lord says to him, he, he says, look, look, he, he's perfect. He's upright. And Satan says, well, that's because you've got a hedge about him. Now watch it, watch it, listen. That wicked one said this to God. Touch him. If you'll touch what he has, he'll curse you to your face. And then he came to God again after that didn't work. And he said, touch him. You know what the truth was? The wicked one wanted to touch him. He said, touch his bone and his flesh. Go ahead, touch him. You know what the truth about the matter was? God was keeping Job the whole time. And though the wicked one was touching his body and touching his finances and touching his friends and touching his wife, I mean, the devil was touching so many parts of Job's life, but this is what God said to Job. He says, you can't touch his life. You can touch everything around him, but you can't touch his life. You know what I'm glad this morning? No matter how the devil rages, no matter how much power you think Satan has, the Bible says if you're born of God, that wicked one can't touch you on the inside. As a matter of fact, would you look at Hebrews 11? Hebrews 11. In Hebrews 11, I I read this while I was studying this out and I got happy. Y'all ever get happy when you read the Bible? You know what the truth is? The devil passes by our way quite a lot. Did you know what the great thing is? God can say, okay, you can't touch that. Hebrews chapter 11, watch this, verse 28. Through faith, Hebrews eleven twenty-eight. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Do you see that? The destroyer's passing through. Death is passing through. But when they came to the door with the sprinkling of blood, God says you can't touch anybody in there behind the blood. You can kill all the people you want to kill. Everybody's out there crying. Everybody out there is in pain. The loss is piling up. People are pulling their hair out. They're losing their mind. They don't know what to do. The loss is adding up. But when the destroyer comes to the door with the blood, he can't touch anything behind the blood. I'm glad I'm behind the blood. That wicked one toucheth him not. Why? I'm born of God. The blood's been applied. But now go back to my text. I, I wish I could stop there, but I can't. The Bible said in verse 18, He that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. But would you drop down the last verse of the, of the book, verse 21. Little children, keep yourselves. Do you see that? So there are things that God keeps, and there's some things you're going to have to keep. God keeps what's on the inside of you. You're going to have to keep some things away from you on the outside of your life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. That means no one else is going to do it for you. 
You've got to keep yourself from these things. Oh, how we have let the devil into our lives. And it's not that God's not doing His job. God keeps us on the inside. But we open the door on the outside and we don't keep our own lives and our own minds and our own hearts from the wicked one. And we, as it were, invite him in. Keep yourselves from idols. I was reading in my devotions this morning and in the book of Hosea. God got so angry with his people that this is what he said. He says, I'm not even going to punish your daughters when, and, and your sons when they commit adultery and fornication. They're full, filled with whoredom. He said, I'm not even going to chase them. I'm going to just let them have their, their, their whorish ways and, and I'm just going to let... And, and I, it reminded me of the society we live in. But you know what predicated all that? Idolatry. Idolatry led to a, a society of whoredom. Can I tell you why we have such a society of whoredom today? Is because we have a society of idolatry. And you say, well, preacher, I don't see the statues. I don't see Hindu statues and Buddhist statues and, and people not bowing down. Well, people do bow down to statues still in America. But I, there's a lot more idolatry and there's a lot more idols than just physical idols. The Bible says you can set up idols in your heart. You know what happens when you set up idols in your heart? It corrupts your life. It corrupts what you do. The Bible tells us that covetousness is idolatry. Covetousness is idolatry. And so what happens when we have idols in our life? The wicked one has free course in our physical life. Though we can do nothing about our eternal life, he sure can make a mess of our physical life. Did he not touch a whole lot of things in Job's life? If you don't keep yourselves from idols, you're not going to keep your family and yourself away from the influence of the wicked one in your life. Keep yourselves from idols. Do you have any idols today? What is an idol? Well, it would be anything that you desire. Covetousness is adultery. It would be anything that you desire more than God. Is there anything you desire more than Jesus Christ? Is there anything you love more than Him? That's your idol. Anything you're interested more than you're interested in Him? That's your idol. People bow down to... People have all types of idols in their life. A lot of people, they, they, they worship themselves. The Bible says that people worship the creature more than the creator is blessed forever. And that's Romans chapter 1. And you know where that led to? It led to whoredom and perversion. Why? Because I've got something else before God in my life. And oh, as a pastor and a preacher, that's what burns my heart. I'm not just trying to keep the boogeyman out of your life and this problem and this sin and this. I'm trying to get you to have Jesus Christ first in your heart, first in your life, King of the hill in everything you do and say, because if He's not first, you're in danger. Doesn't matter how many things you try to get out of your life. Because you've got something that's before Him. It could be yourself. It could be your children. It could be your job. I don't know what it is. It could be money. It could be a million things. But is there anything you're more interested in Jesus this morning? If, 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 if there is, then you have an idol in your life. And the wicked one loves idols.
Boy, it's sad to watch how much is touched in the lives of Christians because they have all these idols up. He says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Praise God. He is begotten of God, keepeth himself. But little children, keep yourselves. Keep yourselves from idols. Yes, I've quoted all those verses that we're kept. God keeps us, and that's true. But how about these verses about me keeping me? 1 Corinthians 9, 27, Paul says, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. I've got to keep under my body. So many of us, we're all guilty of it. We let our bodies tell us what to do. God says, you better keep that body under control. You better have some temperance. The Bible said in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 22, Timothy was told, keep thyself pure. Your mom's not going to keep you pure. Your daddy's not going to keep you pure. Your pastor's not going to. He says, keep yourself pure, Timothy. James 1, 27, pure religion. And undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Are you keeping yourself from the wicked one? Are you keeping... I'm trying to preach to us this morning about keeping ourselves from wickedness because we're going to see not only is Satan wicked, but that source of wickedness is just not Satan. It's in the very next verse in our text. We have wickedness. We have a, a wicked one of the devil. We have wicked flesh and we have a wicked world. And you've got to keep yourselves from some things that God will never do. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, it says that we're to keep our mouths. That's Proverbs 13, 3 and Proverbs 21, 23. Keep your mouth. Well, that'd be a good practice. You met people that, that when their mouth gets in gear, their brain's not in gear. And there's no brakes. You ever driven a car without brakes? It's scary. Keep your mouth. Guys, how are we going to defeat the devil in our life when we can't even keep our mouth? Well, it's quiet. You so this no, this is not uh, the manger story this morning, okay. This is keeping yourself from wickedness. Keep your mouth. You know what else he said? He said we're to keep our way. Proverbs 16, 17, it tells us to keep our way. Do you know the way of your life is dictated by your own heart and mind? People go the way they want to go with their life. He said in Isaiah 56, 2, that we're to keep our hand from doing any evil. Keep our hand. How many of you have seen the little kid, you know, maybe your kid... Boy, it would be great if some Christians would go to their own hand. (laughs) We know that sin is not connected with a new birth. Would you go back to our text, please? I've got to move on to the next thing. Verse 19 says this, and we know. We know something else. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in 
wickedness. We know we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. You know, there's two assurances in that verse. We are assured of an unchanging salvation. We know that we are of God. Do you see that in the verse? I have assurance. I belong to God and God belongs to me. I know I'm saved. He's what he said in this text, that we, you may know that you have eternal life. I know that I, that I belong to the Lord. We know we are of God, but you know, we also know we're not only assured of an unchanging salvation, we're also assured of a wicked, unchanging world. We know we are of God, and there's something else we know. The whole world lieth in wickedness. As much as you understand and enjoy your salvation, which is what you ought to do, which First John has talked to us so much about enjoying Christ and, and letting Him fill our life and letting His love fill our life and letting His, His, His will be done in our life. And such a wonderful thing is in First in John about my relationship and my fellowship with God. But at the same time, while I'm enjoying that fellowship, I need to understand how wicked the world is. Don't you see that in this book? Praise God, I know I'm of God. I know I'm saved. Nothing, the wicked one touched me. I'm be forever with God in heaven. I've got the sun. I've got life. Well, glory be to God. He says, well, why you enjoy that? No, no. That the whole world you walk in, the whole world lies in wickedness. And don't let your wonderful salvation keep you from being sober about how wicked the world is that you live in. That's why he said in this same book, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Because you, it's not just about loving God and loving your brother. It's about not loving what's wicked. You've got to have both. You've got to have the knowledge of both. I, it would be great if we could just love the Lord and love each other and forget about the wicked world. But you can't forget about the wicked world. You've got to know how wicked it is out there as you're trying to love God. He tells us in chapter 4, 1 John, verse 4, You're of God. There is the assurance again. 1 John 4, 4. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank God for that. But it reminds us of the power of that world and the attraction of that world. Jesus told His disciples in John 15, 19, He says, You're not of the world. I've chosen you out of the world. But because I've chosen you out of the world, the world hateth you. And the world's wicked out there. And guys, we're living our lives as Christians in this, in this century like the world's not wicked. And it's... Would you look at the verse again, verse 19? You know the verse? The whole world. Not part of it. The whole world lie in wickedness. Not the Russian part. Not the North Korean part or the Chinese part. The whole world. Not just the New York City and the Chicago and the Philadelphia part. The whole world lieth in wickedness. The whole world takes a bath in wickedness. They're in the bed with the whole world. And while we enjoy our salvation, you have got to understand the wickedness of the whole world. Everything in the world is wicked. 
Their entertainment's wicked. And you know what? So Christians say, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing this. Yep. Guys, somewhere along the line with the entertainment of the world, it gets to wickedness. Even, shall I say it, even holidays. The word holiday is supposed to be holy day. The whole world takes holidays and makes them wicked. All of our holidays, the world exploits for wickedness. Whether it's covetousness or drinking. What holiday do we have where booze is not... I mean, oh, look at the Christmas and ding. New Year's Day, a new year. Why? Ding. St. Patrick's Day, why? So I can drink a beer. Valentine's Day. Do you think the world doesn't use that? Guys, come on, you need to grow up. The smoothness of that to lure someone else to my heart. Come on now. I'm not saying every little thing and all those things is wicked. I'm just saying the world will take everything and make it wicked. Because the whole world lieth in wickedness. Their lifestyle is wicked. And if, if you don't think that, you're so deceived. Their music is wicked. The whole world lieth in wickedness. You can't experience the world without experiencing wickedness because the book says the whole world lies in wickedness. Their dress is wicked. Their values are wicked. And any type of morals they try to have or truth that they try to present, they twist all that and make it wicked. The philosophies of the world, it's just wickedness. The opinions, it's all wickedness. The language, their speech, it's wicked. The religions of the world, it's just a bed of wickedness. I don't have time to develop all that. But the whole world lieth in wickedness. That's why we've got a big job about keeping ourselves from wickedness. Because every corner we turn to, it doesn't matter if it's in Ardmore or Nashville or Los Angeles, the whole world lies in wickedness. Their media is wicked. The people in the world are wicked. And there's no warning about that except in the Bible. Their education is wicked. Guys, in our country, they teach pornography to grade school kids now. Pornography. With pictures. Why? Because that's just what they are. They're wicked. Everything they do lies in wickedness. 
The political specter is wicked. The court system is wicked. It's all wicked because it's a part of the world. And there's a God of this world. And it's the wicked one, the God of this world, that's in charge of the whole world of wickedness. Now, you know that and you come into church and say, praise God, I'm in church. I get to sing with believers. I get to pray with believers. I get to hear the word of God that's totally different from the world. And the world hates the Bible. And I get, well, then why do we go out there and we, we, we belly up and we make friends and we coddle with the world? That's totally diametrically opposed of what we are. Guys, if you are not a weirdo in the world, you're not right with God if you're saved. You ought to think different. You ought to talk different. You ought to have different opinions. And the wicked one is say, just open the door. Come on now. Everybody's accepting. Didn't you see the poll? Fifty-some percent say it's okay. That's that's because they're wicked. I bet they're not going to take a poll in Sweet Springs Baptist Church. Somebody send that to USA Today. Will you please take a poll in Sweet Springs Baptist Church? You know why? They don't care what your opinion is. Because they don't care what God's opinion is. So why do you care what their opinion is? The whole world lieth in wickedness. As much as you are assured that you're of God, you've got to be assured that the world is not of God. And you've got to keep yourself from it. Beware. Keep out. Well, what do we do with all that, preacher? You're never going to change the world. That's why we are premillennialists. We don't believe we're going to bring in the kingdom and change the world and make it a better place. That's so stupid. God's got to kill half the world or three quarters of the world before He can even do anything else with it. Before He comes again to rule and reign with a rod of iron. We're not going to change the world. Newsflash, you're not going to change America. But you can change you. You can change your home. You can change your heart. You can change your mind. But we can do something. If you want to get out in the world, come with me. We'll take some tracks out there. You do have a place in the world, and that's taking the gospel to all the world. And I've never ceased to amaze. Either Christians are so in bed with the wickedness of this world, or they're so aloof from it that they will not take the gospel to it. And I don't get either one of that. I don't understand that. Well, I've got one more point. The Bible says in verse number 20, And we know, here's our third, we know. And we know that the Son of God has come. Boy, I'm glad I know that. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. That He's come. Not that He has come, that He is come. Amen. That's present tense. He's still alive. He's still working. He's still walking among the midst of His churches. And every now and then he, he passes by. We know that the Son of God is come. And when He shows up, look at it, and hath given us an understanding. When the Son of God, we know the Son of God has come. And we know what He's done for us. Number one, He's given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. 
You know, Paul said that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His suffering. He is, he, we know He's come and when He came and when He's come, He gives us an understanding. He gives us a spiritual discernment. He lets us know things the world cannot know because they're spiritually known. They're spiritually discerned. He's given me an understanding. And yet He also has given me knowledge of Himself that we may know Him that is true. I, I, this, this whole book, much of it is about fellowship, that I'm able to fellowship with Him and fellowship with God and I can walk with Him and He can walk with me and I can understand Him and, he can, and I can understand how to show His life to others. He came and He's done something for me. He gave me an understanding and He gave me fellowship. But he says that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ. He's given me an understanding and he's given me fellowship, but he's given me a relationship. He's put me in himself and and, and he's in me. We are in him that is true. I'm not just in the church this morning. I'm in Jesus. When He came into my life, He put me in Him just as much as He came into me. And He gave me a real relationship. He didn't give me a religion. He gave me a relationship. And I'll end it with this. What, what a way to end verse 20. This is the true God. So you know, why should we mess with idols? We've got a true God. Why should we mess with fake stuff? Whether it's the covetousness of the world, the materialism of the world, or people that will let us down, or whatever we put on a pedestal. Why would we mess with false gods when we've got the true God? We've got a living God. We've got a powerful God. We've got a God that never changes. He's true. This is the true God. Boy, if that's not a verse on the deity of Christ, I've never read one. We're in His Son. He says, Jesus Christ, this, His Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God. And eternal life, and that ends where He started in chapter 1. Our hands have handled that word of life, that eternal life. That means everything's wrapped up in Jesus. But I'm not so deceived as thinking everybody's life in here is wrapped up in Jesus. And I'm not so deceived as to think that everybody in here is going to keep yourself from wickedness. First John's a wonderful letter. But it's God's letter to you. It's God's letter to me. Maybe this morning you need to get rid of an idol. Maybe this morning you need to keep your mouth or your hands or your feet or your mind or your heart. Maybe you need to have a different outlook and relationship with this whole world that's wicked.